is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. (laughs) Welcome back, guys. You probably don't know why we're laughing, but Dave just has his... Stats, cheat sheets, just a complete mess. The, the I don't travel, know. Like, the I don't travel know what was there. the travel was a mess. It was just as messy as the game. Just as messy as the, as the game. The Cowboys lose 12-10 against the Saints, and that was not necessarily what we expected the game to be. I mean, we were talking a lot about scoring more points than that, but the Cowboys failed to move the ball. There were a lot of things that didn't seem quite like the offense that we've been seeing so far. Mm-hmm. Let's just start off with their performance. Dak Prescott, what he wasn't yeah. able to get done, you know, uh, during the game. You know, I, I, th- I thought that... Um you know, you're right. We, we didn't expect that. I don't know why we didn't. I mean, last year it was just kind of that kind of game, but we, we just thought, well, that was kind of different and it would it would open up. And, you know, I just kind of felt like the offense just thought that, ah, well, nah, I missed that one to, to Randall Cobb. All right, we'll come back. You know, ah, fumble there. No, that was unfortunate. And before you know it, you're in the middle of the third quarter and almost fourth quarter, and you're like, they don't have any points. Like, it's like they, at some point they're going to get it into, into gear, and they never did. And uh, it's unfortunate. I thought the Cowboys were a better football team. I mean, I thought they were better than that. I still think they're better than the Saints, but that's what's embarrassing about it is losing a game like that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm aggravated with myself just because I felt like I was halfway there. Like, a lot of it I did expect to see. Like, what we saw on the defensive side of the ball against the Saints was exactly – what I expected to see, like a lot of bend, don't break. Kamara and, and Mike Thomas, they got their yards. They didn't break the game wide open, forced the Saints to settle for a lot of field goals. Uh, that played out, according to script, perfectly. And then I just, you know, I, I didn't think it would be the most amazing offensive performance of the season, but it was, I mean, it was basically a no-show. Um, they just, they looked rough. They looked like the first four games of last season. Like, go throw on the Panthers tape from the season opener right. last year, and that's what it reminded me of. Like, Zeke couldn't get any running room. That's what but, my well, biggest expectations well, <laughs> were, to see Zeke running the ball, and he only got 35 see, yards again, in the game. Again, I'll sound like a douche. I'm sorry. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect to see that. I said it on the show last week. I was like, I don't think you're going to have a lot of success charging Zeke up the middle against this defense. I know the stats don't look good on the Saints' part, but I think they're up to stopping that. And the Cowboys disagreed with me because that's all they wanted to do all night long was just charge him into a loaded front. Um, well, when you have Michael work. Gallup in there and then yeah. Mark well, Cooper so battling with the ankle thing. The run game didn't work. Uh, the Cowboys receivers couldn't get open for whatever for whatever reason you want to pinpoint. When you're tight ends or you're leading receivers, it's never it's not going to be a good thing unless you have, like, uh, you know, Jason Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, excuse me. If you have him, then he can be your leading receiver. Jason Witten and Blake Jarwin, 
if they're your leading receivers, it's not going to be a good night. And and the offense just yeah. was the, bad. The receivers, and, and I said it last week, ain't hey, Derek? Um, we just we just got started here talking about uh, how bad it was offensively. Yeah, pretty bad. I I think that from a receiver standpoint, I said it two weeks ago. We'll we'll see. Is Gallup? You know that good? Is he making that much? You know improvement, or is this offense just so good that the second guy is going to get in there? And um, I was wrong about that. I mean, they're missing Gallup. They're missing another playmaker because Devin Smith can't really get open. Randall Cobb is hit or miss with him. Yeah. It's just like it works sometimes, but then another times so yeah. it just it doesn't happen. Yeah, I thought he he had a. You know, he didn't play as great. They missed on two big plays, Cobb and, and Dak. One of them was on Dak. Other one, I think, was really more on Cobb in the, th- in the fourth quarter. But either way, the receivers aren't getting open. you got to put Cooper in there as well. Are we allowing for the fact that maybe the quarterback didn't have his best game? Sure. And, and so if, if as, as a part of saying the receivers weren't getting open, could it have been a situation where they were open more often than they got the ball and the quarterback just didn't get them the ball as effective. Are there as are there should. plays going around like social media and stuff like that? I, I haven't seen that's that. That's the yet. thing is Is there some plays where it's like, I, oh, he missed that one? I well, I mean, it's the the Cobb throw is a classic Touchdown, example. The, the one on the end zone. No, no, no. The fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean yeah. Cobb should have caught that ball. It wasn't a well placed pass. It can be both. Like everybody wants to mm-hmm. pick out both. But, but I, I think he put the ball where he needed to on that play. See, I actually don't mm-hmm. I don't put that as much on on Dak because I think if you look at it, Lattimore, I think it was Lattimore that was coming straight for him. Yeah. And if he'd have thrown that ball in front of him, he Cobb would have might not have gotten up. Yeah. I mean he was he was interested. So sometimes the quarterback has to protect him from what's around them, and I think that was situation where he threw it behind him so that he wouldn't run him right into that. Defender. I hate to sound like Garrett, but on that play right there and and it happens every time these guys are going over the middle, receivers, yeah, they want to be like Jerry Rice and just be right there, catch it on the move. But line one is catch the football. So he has to stop and say, all right, that's not where I want it to be, but I've got to catch it and then turn up the field and, and see. And he kind of tried to do it yeah, all. Yeah, they're showing the one. play right there. And uh, you could see, you could see he was. I mean, he had a beat on him, and we'll he was coming for him. And without that, uh, without <laughs> he showed, it and you couldn't see. You need another, another. I, I am a firm. I am a firm believer that at the NFL level, if the ball hits both of your hands, it should be a catch. Me too. But thank you. He had to turn awkwardly. Like it, 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 even with what you're saying about Lattimore, it could have been a better place ball. And and Dak had a few of those. And the the crappy thing about this is like you know. When they play the Dolphins at noon and we're done with work at 7 and you can go home and watch the broadcast mm-hmm. again or go find stuff on. So I've barely seen anything over again. Yeah, like either. we got on a plane. I collapsed into bed at 2.45 in the morning. I got up to come to work at 8.45. Yeah, and so, I can't wait to see the all 22. Yeah, I, I haven't. I I almost. It's almost irresponsible for me to try to like to do a deep dive on what I saw because I need to see it again. If but, we see any pass interference, I don't know, Kyle. I don't know if we have that back there, but if we do, look, y'all let me know because I, I have you know <laughs> the so offensive can, so pass interference. Is that what you asked? Yeah, for? I, I haven't yeah. seen those two with Cooper. I saw the first one because we were in the press box, and uh, you know broke my neck to look up and see it, and I. I didn't think that was a really good call, but the one on the field, I don't know. I haven't seen Well, it. Cooper did say after the game, he, he was being very careful with his words, but yeah. he said the first one, he said, hey, I can understand where they would make that call. Um, the second one, he said he really didn't understand it at all. And I don't know if this is the first one or the this second the, one that we're going right now. Quarter. This is the fourth quarter. It's just, you know, yeah. <laughs> Cooper's just, calling for the flag like, yeah, 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 yeah flag him. Okay. 
Uh, How was that not on the defense? Like, uh, they were hand fighting. That's a, there were some really bad calls that's in that game. expert showmanship by Lattimore yeah. is what that is he to kind of throw job. your arms But the problem up. is Lattimore was already grabbing him. So that's where I'm like at the warp. I mean, best case is there's a no call there because they were both hand fighting. And that's where, you know, it seems like this year at least, it seems like there is more of this emphasis on calling these offensive pass interferences where – there's a time when you wouldn't get that hardly at all. And, and again, I'm not trying to say that the offense should have an unfair advantage, but I think when they're both hand fighting, at the best case, yeah. you, don't, you just don't make thought, a call at all. I thought the officials were absolutely terrible. I think I can say that, right? I mean, I, I don't know. They're not you want to say. They were terrible. They were terrible for both. Whoever lost that game, if the Cowboys get in position, get another five, ten yards, kick a field goal, the Saints are sitting here going, that was terrible. Because they got bad calls, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just be consistent. Just be consistent. I mean, if you're going to call a ticky-tack, these these quarterbacks slide at the last second, and Dak barely gets hit, and you're going to give them 15 yards, then give Bridgewater 15 yards when Jalen Smith does it even worse than that. That's just terrible. I mean, like the inconsistency of that. And the fumble, and, no fumble, yeah. the OPI, which God. I I hate. I really hate complaining about the refs because they yeah. it it, it, it evens out. Change, well, not only that, it ain't, ain't going to change. And I really do believe like it evens out over time. Yeah, like it's it, but. They called that game really terribly, like they were inconsistent. They ruined the flow of the game. Like it felt like there were stretches where there was a flag every other play for six, seven minutes at a time. It, they just sucked. Yeah. They were they, bad. They were bad. And tomorrow, maybe we we can talk about some things. I mean, I've I've got some some opinions on the refs, and we can talk about some of these things. I don't know if we want to bog down the show today with it, but there there's some things that I, I I really think they've got to figure out this pass interference thing and. And we'll talk about it tomorrow. I just feel like you've got to be able to challenge everything. If you can challenge it all, you should be able to challenge throughout the game. I mean, especially in the in like that. Like, I guess that Garrett didn't have a timeout, but you've got to be able to challenge that. And I just think they've got to figure this out because it's a judgment call. This isn't out of bounds. This is, eh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And those guys upstairs aren't going to sell out their guys down there and be like, yeah, I'm going to call it unless it's a crazy but, spearing Saints Rams play. But that play we just saw, I have a hard time thinking even if they could have re- reviewed that, I have a hard time thinking they re- reverse it because they still look at it and say, well, it still looks like Cooper pushed out and it still looked like the, the defensive back got pushed back. So, regardless of what really happened, regardless of all the hand yeah. fighting before, it I don't think they're going to overturn that even if you could review it. So, I don't know if that necessarily even solves your problem. We're, we, I don't Maybe w- not that play, but other that play, right, yeah. I don't want to get off the rails because we can actually talk about the game, but like the stuff that happened in the Green Bay-Philly game on Thursday night just convinced me mm-hmm. concrete in my mind. They put that rule in to bail themselves out of another Saints Rams situation. Like if a horrible Only. if a horrible call is <laughs> yeah. going to dictate who goes to the Super Bowl, yeah. they gave themselves an out. And they're not going to use it anywhere else. Like they're they're just not going to. Like right. I think it was you know it was pass interference on Avante Maddox. I think it was Valdez Scantling, one of those Green Bay receivers. Like it was the most obvious pass interference I've ever seen. And they they didn't reverse it because they don't want to open that Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Right. I like they're just not going to do it unless it is something absurd like we saw in that NFC Championship. Did y'all think that fumble with with Zeke? I mean, I guess I don't understand the rules of what the what is coming out. The ball is coming out or the ball is out because the ball was sort of coming out when he was when his elbow was down. I always understood it as the the player is losing control of the ball 
I don't think he was losing control of the ball at the time his elbow was down. I thought he still had the ball. Now, whether it was moving or not is irrelevant if he still controlled yeah. the ball. And and so, in my opinion, and that's what I understand. I, I don't, again, when you start talking rules in the NFL, it gets so detailed, I, I just honestly don't know. It didn't. It didn't look like a fumble when I saw it. And again, like, it's so funny. Like, if you're listening at home, you had a much better view of what was going on. No We're two miles up in the press box. The jumbotrons are 150 feet away in each direction. So you have a view, but it's nowhere near as good as you do watching on a 50-inch TV you at see your right house. there? The ball, he had the, the defender had put his hand on the ball, but it wasn't out. It wasn't coming. Like, it, he hadn't. Caused the the he hadn't caused Zeke to lose control of the ball at the point that the elbow. So is there was down, an amount opinion. of seconds that you have to have, like hold the ball after your elbow is down? I don't or think just so. Like I mean, elbow if, down. If, if you your elbow is down, it? the play is over. Once it's, the elbow's down, the play's over. It's that word. It's the word stands. The you know the call stands See? as opposed to the call is confirmed. True, and and, that's, and, and this is this and did is, they say stands? Yes, on that one? they did. And this is the issue. I'll just say it now because we're talking about this. The problem that I have is that officials. I don't know if anyone saw the Detroit Kansas City game where there was a fumble, and now the officials are they don't want to blow the the play dead. So they're like, well, if we blow it dead, then we may kill a 100-yard touchdown return. So they just kind of let everything stand and see what happens and all that. I get that. That's fine. But then don't come back in a replay and say, well, what was the call on the field? The call on the field was a fumble. No, the call on the field was a fumble because you're saving your ass. So that's not really the call. You just did that so you didn't. So you have a backup plan. Why don't you just open it up, be you know objective about it, and go, was it a fumble or not? I mean, they should really have a guy in that Tony Romo Corona commercial just sitting out there and just not even watching the game and say, hey, oh, wake up. Okay. Is that a fumble or not? Isn't that the college rule? Like, isn't that how they do in college? Like, there's a person that's sitting in the boot that actually just watches the game and says, oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't know about that. Let's do something different here. And I think that might be the right way to do this. Take the the challenges out. Who cares about a challenge? College's system is way, way, way better. It doesn't slow down the game to me. It doesn't feel like college games go on longer than But I love football, so maybe that's that's just why I don't care. (laughs) I just don't really care. Conspiracy theory. As long as we're whining about stuff that's not the actual game. Like, the NFL cares more. <laughs> about games going quickly than whether they're right. Like that's what they care about. That's true. That's so. Anyway, <sighs> they did actually play a football game. Uh, they didn't win it. They looked pretty bad. We're not. I, I'm telling you, I don't think we're sitting here whining about what the Cowboys didn't lose a game because of officials. I just thought the officials were absolutely terrible. They lost the game because they they just they just kept m- making mistakes and thinking that it was going to get better. And before you know it. It's the fourth quarter, and you've only scored 10 points. All right, so I got a bigger picture perspective question, and I'm going to tell, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, I want you guys to tell me, is this really no different than what happened last year with Cowboys versus Saints from the standpoint of the, the nature of a close game, the difference being the home team ends up edging out because a lot of things look very similar to me. Let's talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com football. 
Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on-command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to today back to the break welcome back it is the second segment of the break live in swbc mortgage studios at the star we're talking about the cowboys loss last night their first loss of the season uh they now finished the first quarter of the season three and one but just before the break i wanted to ask the question how much how much of this is similar to what we saw last year last year when the cowboys played the saints it was a defensive struggle both teams defenses played really well both teams' offenses didn't really get much going. Seemed to be the exact same thing this year from that standpoint. Uh, the only difference is in both instances, the home team ended up being able to have just a little bit more than the road team. How many? How much of a of a parallel do you see between those? I mean, it's it, just on the surface, it's eerie. I mean, it was one point off of the same score. Home team won. I, we were arguing about this a little bit before we came back. It's like, I can't go all the way there with you. Um I think, uh, for starters, I'm looking at, I pulled up the box score. Like, the Cowboys played such a better game, even on defense. Like, they allowed 176 yards to that team, and that was with Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamara had fewer yards on more touches than he did last night. Um, that I mean, I, I said it at the time, I still believe it. It's one of the greatest defensive performances I've ever seen in the NFL. And the defense played really well last night. They played well enough to win. They did not play like that especially considering it was a different, lesser quarterback in the game. Is that also, though, the difference of being on the road versus being at home to some degree? Possibly. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely got something to do with it. And I think you can't convince me the Dome didn't have something to do with how well the Saints played on defense. It was loud. It was insane. Yeah, Derek's got a freaking <laughs> noise meter on his Apple Watch that was reading 105 on the field. Hell from, no, it was more like 103. 102, maybe, yeah. I thought I saw 105. No, I mean, they were on their big board, they were saying 130. And so <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to call BS on that but yeah it was it was loud can we stop with the 50 50 yes we can stop with the 50 50 they were wrong (laughs) that article was wrong it was more like cowboys may have had 10 percent well i mean i think it was there were a couple plays there were a couple plays that Cowboys made that it it did get loud i said you know we leave to go down to the field in the fourth quarter and i'm walking through the i was walking through the back of the press box to get to the elevator when robert quinn sacked uh teddy on you know to force a whatever 
based on I was just gauging it purely from crowd noise. I was like, okay, the Saints picked up the first down because like everybody's cheering. And then the stadium announcer's like, Bridgewater's sacked. I was like, holy crap. Like, that many people were excited about that? Like, there were some Cowboys fans there, just not 50%. That dude's a beast. He is a beast, and we got to talk about that. I... For real quick though, even like even in that thirteen to ten game, the Cowboys offense played better. They were fifty percent on third down. Zeke had seventy five yards. He only averaged three yards, three and a half yards per carry, but he ground out yards like none of that none of that translated last night. Like the the offense looked in well, I mean, for lack of a better word. I don't know. I I think they moved the ball fairly well. They just kept I mean, when you think about how the drives ended. The drive ended with an with an incomplete pass in the end zone. When Cobb is there, he just misses it. Witten fumbles. That's on Witten. Doesn't happen a lot, but it happened at a bad time. Yep. That's on Zeke. He and both of those right there in the middle of mid yeah. midpoint of the field. They're, like they're they had it. opportunities. Yeah. I mean, that fumble with Zeke was big because yeah. I mean it's what six to three. You got a chance Aggressive to get points play by before Jason half-time. Garrett and say, you know what, we're getting this. They got it. And then I mean, it's a six-point swing because they're probably going to go tie the game with a field goal, and instead it's nine to three. Yep, and I can that's big on a two-point loss. Jason Garrett is going to say this later today, and I'm not making fun of him because it's true. Like it's something covering this team has taught me that is like you know when you're watching the game at home, it's like a three and a half hour marathon, but it's I mean it's nine possessions, like it's so few possessions, and. One of them ends in a missed touchdown pass. Two of them end in fumbles. Like all of a sudden, that's three. You know, thirty percent of your drives where you had, you know, it looked like you had a good chance to get points. One was in the end zone. Two were at midfield. Take away a third of that. If you even get field goals on all of those, then all of a sudden you've got nineteen points. Yep. I mean, it, it it matters, and that's not to let anybody off the hook, but. You know, yeah. If they, I mean, there were several untimely mistakes that drastically swung the way that looked. You know, I had a feeling. I knew this was going to happen at some point. The whole fact of them not starting very fast and then coming back in the third quarter and moving the ball, and that's exactly what happened last night. It just wasn't enough, and they weren't able to keep that going. It's unfortunate to see the mistakes that they caused themselves. You know, on their own fault, but. We keep talking about Kellen Moore and what he's been able to do in the offense mm, and being creative. Do it. That yeah, it didn't happen. Last Go there, night. AG. It, You're right. It did. You're right. And and I've been super excited with what he's been able to do. But yesterday they faced a real challenge. I was telling Dave before when you look at the teams that they've played this. Um, the previous three teams, two of those teams haven't even won a single game this season. So it's like okay, you start really seeing what these teams are made of, and then now you face a team like the Saints. We all knew it wasn't going to be easy, but at least use your guys differently. You got so many different tools, even without Michael Gallup in there. It's disappointing to me knowing that Ezekiel Elliott got paid. And then you look at this, 35 yards that... Usually, when he's able to to run the ball here and there at the end of the game, it adds up, and we see that in the stats and how he was able to help. But when you look at this, it's really upsetting. Just the way they used him. I thought, even though the run defense is really good, yeah. I, I just personally feel they could have used him a lot more. We're watching here this play. Like, there were, even that one, he was open on that play that they didn't complete to Cooper, but 
I don't know. It, it's just very upsetting to see the the outcome of this game. Even though you you mentioned, oh, it's against the Saints, and they when you look at them holding them down to ten points, when you get beat by a team that only scored field goals, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys think that that was coming into this game? The strategy offensively was we're going to run the ball because we want to take this this team. We, we want to take the crowd out of this game, and we feel like we can match up well to be able to run it effectively. I think they always feel like they can run the ball. I think that that's just not an ego thing, but they think this team is built to the But they point. didn't do that. It didn't seem like they did that early in the season. It seemed like they came out way more aggressive. And when I say more aggressive, I mean more aggressive from the standpoint that they were passing more to set up opportunities to run. It seemed like yesterday they came out with the intent, we're going to run to hopefully set up the pass. I think that they try to take what, what what's there. I mean, I, I really believe that they, uh, you know, w- without Gallup, uh, they don't. I don't think that they have as much confidence in the passing game. And you know, we saw that with Cobb on on a play before. I mean, I don't know if Cobb and Dak are on the same page as much. I mean, obviously they're not going to be on as much as, as Beasley or whatever. But I still think the Cobb situation's a little. You know, and like she she said earlier, it's just hit or miss. And, and, and that was the way in camp, too. Like, he had some, yeah. some days at camp where he that, dropped balls unexpectedly, just yeah. random balls. Yeah. I mean, he's not very smooth. He, he, there are plays that, yes, he'll be perfect. They connect perfectly. But then there are some that he, he just doesn't react fast enough to where it's completely in sync with Dak. You know, you've seen, yeah. like, for example, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, they seem to be like on the same page for the most part with, uh, for the most part with Dak, but with Randall, it's like yeah. 50-50. And I think, I think too, I mean, let's don't, Let's don't give Amari Cooper a pass, too. I mean, he's supposed to be – he is one of the best receivers in the NFL, and he's going to get paid that way. But, I mean, I think Lattimore beat him. You know, I think Lattimore got matched up a lot, and Lattimore outplayed him. And, and you know, he, he kind of whipped Xavier and Howard last week. Uh, and, you know, they, we thought it was going to be very similar, but I thought Lattimore, you know, won that. If, they, if they're if they doing the top ten players like we're doing, I think Lattimore probably should be number one or two on that list. He played a really good game. I just – and, you know, I, I want to watch it again to reiterate, but, too. man – I I would I could have conv- I I would have believed this was the game plan for the Dolphins because like the added like the the vibe that I got from the Cowboys is like we're gonna line up and our eleven are better than your eleven and we're just gonna bully you and do what we want against a running but, defense that hasn't given up a hundred yard rusher in like what thirty games and or something ser- like no ser- and like that's, seriously like I was talking about that with Brian this morning is like stats lie I said it last week I was like they're they're twenty sixth in the league against the run it looks bad. I don't think you're going to have a lot of success just trying to plow the ball on these guys. Uh, the teams that have had success against them did a lot of misdirection, did a lot of read option. I said that at the end of the game last night is what the Cowboys wanted to do, like wear down the defense so that the four-yard gains start turning into eight- and ten-yard gains, the Saints did it. But did you ever get the feeling like they were just smashing into the line mm-hmm. for no reason? No. They were running screens all night. They, you know, Taysom Hill had that fantastic read option keeper. They were keeping the Cowboys guessing and getting to the edge on them and getting them off balance. Like, where where was that from the Cowboys? Like That was the difference. Where where was that? Why did Dak do none of that? Why did Tony Pollard cease to exist? Why were all of Zeke's carries in the A and B gaps? Yep. Doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it looked like 1955. Uh, and I was thinking about this while y'all were talking. What was Dak's best pass of the night? Like, easily. Oh, Jarwin. The Jarwin, yeah. What yeah. was that? 
It was up, a, up the middle of the scene. But yeah. it was a play, play action, action pass, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, and and they did do a few of those, but like it just it did not feel like he he did it 15 times against the Giants. 15 play action passes. He completed 14 of them. Again, I need to see the game again. I struggle to believe and, they even came close to approaching that and number if, last and if night. If they're smashing the run like that, then play action is what you have to do. Yep. I, I wish we had this play on a highlight because I don't know if, if if they do, but I thought the reverse to Tavon Austin was a really Which, Big again, play. like the one time they tried something like that, it worked. I mean, it didn't go no, for 40 yards, it, but he it, got it, it. It didn't work. You actually. don't think so? No. He got seven yards, six. Um, on a night when they averaged two and a half. I mean, <laughs> second and five. It was ahead of the, hold on, of hold the on. average. Right? Am I, am I Se- giving him too second, much credit? Second and five, and it was a reverse to Austin. He gets three yards, and they Damn. end up on third wow. and two. Third and two was the incomplete pass to Cobb. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying Dak needs to play offensive line, but, but he did. Miss the block. He didn't get in the way like he's like he should have. And if he can get in the way, I think T- Tavon goes around the corner, and that could be a really big play. It was just a small little thing in the game, but he couldn't get his body around to get in front of the defensive end. Tavon's probably going to go 10, 15 yards. It would have been a difference there. I I should have put that in one but, of my five plays. But my thing about that is really it goes back to as a as far as the running game is concerned, there are more creative ways to run the ball. Yeah. And you don't have they didn't have to just rely on Zeke just running straight forward. They could have done some of those things where Dak could have gotten the ball and run a little bit more and design runs. You could have gotten Pollard involved a little bit more. You could have done a little bit more in your jet sweeps. You got all these different weapons. Why not use them? in order to be able to pick up yards in a running game. And if nothing else, it forces the defense to respect the fact that, yes, we're going to run, but we're not going to run the way you think we're going to run. And that opens up more opportunities for you to be able to run with Zeke because you're, they don't, they're they not left guessing, right? They don't know who's going to get the ball at any given moment and where it's going to come from. You know, ESPN does those next-gen stat charts, and it's out there on Twitter. Like, you can see every touch of Zeke's game and where he went with the ball. And it's all, it's just like 25 little squiggly lines in between the guards, basically. Like, it just looks gross. I'm watching some of them now, and I don't know what... You know, I'm, I'm so confused because you see the Cowboys doing so many things in the first three games of the season. And then you get to this opponent, and you... F- it's like they were intimidated in a way. They're like they backed down a little bit from doing what they've been doing and just trying to be more explosive, more dynamic, getting everyone involved. Yeah, I understand that certain plays that was more on the fault of the player, you know, just missing it or doing something wrong. But at the same time, it was it, they just didn't seem aggressive no. enough. No, I, I agree with that because I mean, why is Devin Smith on the team? Like he's on the team because he can run. It's not because he's this great polished route runner or whatever. He's on the team because he could be a track guy and he can fly. They don't take advantage of that. And if, and if they're if they're stacking the run like this and all the like Dave said, play action more and and utilize why Devin Smith is in the game. He's not there to to sit there and run passes over the middle. Like at least throw it deep and be aggressive and back them off. Yeah, And I, I thought that was a, that was a miss. They're it, not throwing the ball deep down the field a little bit. But I will say that the fact of the matter is, and I, I was talking to Brian about this, he was able to go back and watch it, and he was saying they were in cover two a lot last night, which, again, if you know cover two, you know the best way to beat it is right up the seam. 
That's where they had their big play. The fact that they didn't go to that consistently, again, whether they're going downfield with, with Devin or not, you know, maybe they decided in cover two that's not the best option. But at least you could still get chunk yeah. plays up the seam. My point is they just weren't doing that at all, it didn't seem like. And maybe it was because they called it, there were opportunities, Dak didn't see those guys open, Dak didn't get the ball there. And that's why I said at the beginning of the show, until I have to, until I can go back and watch it for myself, I can't rely on the fact that Dak had the right the the best game either. No. Like you can't no. just say, I don't think no. we can just say that the receivers weren't getting open. This could have been a situation where they were getting open as much as they normally do and just for whatever reason and, the quarterback had a bad game. And the offensive line got beat. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's something we don't see a lot of. I'm I'm not you know Travis Frederick really there was a couple times where he was struggling. He was missing plays. I don't know what to think about Zach Barton right now. I don't know if I mean He's not practicing very much because of a back injury. There's no way it magically feels better on Sunday. I think that there's an issue there. And and then, to make it worse, we haven't yeah. really talked about time. Uh, I don't even uh, want to talk about Well, that. I mean, you know, that, that, that was probably the worst play in the game in so many levels. Yeah. That, like the Arizona that, game years and years exactly. ago, right? And I, yeah. that's so weird that, you, you, that, that? you say yeah. that. No, because as soon as they got that sack, yeah. and I'm like, wow, this now all they do is go get a field goal? I even thought about that Arizona game in 2008. Like, maybe this is not as good. Maybe they should have just kicked it to go up five. Then you get at the 25-yard line. you got to go score a touchdown. But as it turns out, the sack was a terrible decision by Dak. Got to let it go. Then it gets thrown into Tyron Smith. Well, he's out, what, probably three or four games? I mean, maybe. We'll see. He's Tyron like, is the warrior of all warriors. But that didn't look good. Not just in the walk. At least he got boot. to walk 150 yards <laughs> to the bus. That's awesome. Thanks. No <laughs> golf carts available there. Like, it's... And then 10 not just off. he got he got carted off the sideline, tried to walk off the field, and like fell to his knee after about ten feet. Like, yeah. it's not good. Which yeah. cost him ten seconds. It did. And ten I, seconds would have been big. Think about no, it. Yeah, Think about absolutely. it if you've got you know what was the final play? What was the four seconds on that final? Uh, it was two seconds left, I think. Two seconds when he spiked yeah. it. Yeah. Three, it says three. Yeah. If uh, I could, if I could go. Now, of course, the guy running the clock, he's pretty fast, so Boy, maybe, you could, quick, play, maybe you could get another. Play oh there. no, I'm sure. They, <laughs> if that, I could go, that was bad. That was amazing. If I could go back in time, and it's like all of this is going to play out. Tyron's going to get hurt. You're going to get to midfield. You can spike it. You have like a 50 percent chance to win this game, 13 to 12, or. You can just kneel it and lose and have a 100% chance of losing, but Tyron Smith is still healthy. I'd take that and be like, I fine. Would too. Give me Tyron Smith. And You're still 3 and 1. That's You're 3 and 1. That's yeah. why we're talking about the 08 game against the Cardinals. They make a 53 yard field goal to force overtime, and you're like, wow, they came back. Now it's in overtime. And then in overtime, they only, play, they only ran three plays. Romo breaks his hand on one of them. Yep. Then they punt the ball, and it's blocked for a touchdown, and the punter breaks his foot, and he's out. He's an all pro punter. Yeah. So you lost your quarterback for three games. Games and your punter, you would have just missed the field goal. We, we lose the game. We lost anyways. So help me on this. I will say the the 13-10 Saints win that we gush so much about. Cam Fleming started at left tackle. So like, he's I'm not to play. I mean, he's, he's not he's not a horrible tackle. Trust me, we've seen mm-hmm. horrible tackles. Yeah, he's not Tyron Smith. No, but he's not a horrible tackle. You can figure out ways to make this work. But I did have but a question when, for you guys. Once you start doing the combination of okay, now Tyron, now you got Zach Martin dealing with something. Travis Frederick, who didn't necessarily have the best game. So all your Pro Bowl guys kind of having to mm-hmm. deal with something, yeah. it, it will they be. They had a bad night. night. It does, you know, yeah. Before you get to that point, I will say this, and I understand that the, you know you played a team without Hall of Fame quarterback, so you know you could have won that game. But injuries are 
are testing the the depth of this team. I mean, without Tyrone Crawford, without Antoine Woods, I think Antoine Woods in the middle there that that's a that's a loss. And then of course Gallup too. You're starting to see, and we'll find out when Cam Fleming comes in there too. Like they're getting, they don't have great depth in some of these areas too, and it's starting to be tested. Question I have for you guys: uh, the play that that Witten ended up fumbling mm-hmm. that was up the seam, correct? Well, or was it like an in route? I, was, I don't remember what the route was. I just know he ended up in the middle of the field. I don't know what the route it, but, uh, was. I think they already ran it. Did they? I mean, it, it was I like an in. It was an in cut. Yeah. It okay. was. It was one of those plays where I was like, before the fumble, I was like, man, this old man still make. I mean, yeah. it was a nice play it was. where it was like, just kidding. Well, yeah, and then he fumbled. I mean, the only reason I'm saying that is because you look at that play, you look at the Jarwin play, you even look at the play that was the second to last play to Cobb where they mm-hmm. got into That's position. True. All of that in the middle of the field, it just screams the fact that the Cowboys missed opportunities well, by not taking advantage of the middle the of the field. More often. Of the, I take the Cobb play kind of out of it because the, you know the Saints are, are guarding the sideline, so that that's Get going it. to be there. absolutely, absolutely. There it but is. but I, I guess the point I'm making though is I do think, especially if they were in cover two, and I have to go back and watch this. But again, talking to Brian. He says they were in cover two quite a bit last night, and it just seems to me that is a natural opportunity for you to be able to to hit the seams and and to try to take advantage of the middle of the field. And it just doesn't seem like they were doing that. And they did see them their most success. It seemed like happened in the middle of the field. Sports writers' curse is that like I watched the Saints Seahawks game and I was like. AJ Klein's not a very good linebacker. Like that's a favorable matchup for the Cowboys, and like that might be the play of the game. Balls at midfield with seven to play. Yeah. You can run whatever offense you want. Go tie the game, or maybe take a lead going into halftime. And he just popped it out against the goat. And it's just you, you know it's not your night if Jason Witten's fumbling at midfield. Yeah, we're gonna take our final break. When we come back, let's talk a little defense. We got to give some props to this defense and how they performed. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay. What's not too? Right above the subway. Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the. That's my neighbor. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS1 score September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes up to 64 ounce. The Growler. Mm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. 
Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. To the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, you want to give us a little yeah, public we got service Cowboy, Cowboys Hour tonight at the uh, Omni Hotel. It's the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, presented by Albertsons. Uh, Brad Sham, Kevin Turner, Taylor Stern, sit down with LP, Latisar, Xavier Suafilo. Uh, for more information, go to DallasCowboys.com slash Cowboys Hour. I believe that's at 6 p.m.? Six or seven? Six, I think it's six. 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 Six p.m. Six o'clock. Yes, six p.m. All right, um, let's jump back into this thing. Um, let's talk about this defense. They held New Orleans to no offensive touchdowns. There were only four field goals allowed. They had five sacks, one interception. Uh, they only allowed 149 passing yards. Um, although Kamara seemed like he had a, a really – I think it seemed like he had a much better game than he did. When I saw the stat sheet, I was actually surprised he had – as few yards as he did, 17 carries for 69 yards. Again, not not a bad day, but I thought he actually, it seemed like he had way more production than that. Also had three catches for 20 yards. I guess when you look at this overall, what were the positives that you can take from a performance like this? Because obviously the defense played pretty well. Just as a team, thinking about how well the defense played, we've been waiting to see this defense. Yeah. What what positives do you take from well, that? Well, five sacks and, a, and an interception. The, the two things that you know you wanted them to do to, to become an elite defense, you got to have more pressure, more sacks, get the turnovers, keep them out of the end zone. They did all those things. They did enough things where they should they should have won the game. And if the Cowboys have five of those play, if they have two of those five that they score, and they're you know maybe a field goal and a touchdown, then you know they win that game, twenty to twelve or something like that. That's where it should have been. But they did everything they they could to win. Robert Quinn and Jalen Smith did a great job after the game of saying, you know, this is a team effort. We're not pointing fingers. There's more we could have done. And good on them. It's week four. They're three and one. There's no reason to throw people under the bus. But they did do enough to win. They didn't need to do more. I mean, five sacks, got a takeaway, no touchdowns. That is a winning effort in the NFL. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, sure, theoretically, they could have done more. They could have scored a defensive touchdown, whatever. But, like, they – they, you cannot put that on them, and he, I mean Kamara, he he started to have more success in the first in the second half. You saw him. I, they didn't have a bad game tackling, but he, you know, it's the that's why Jason Garrett is so insistent on running the ball because it gets easier as a defense gets more tired. Even still, he had 89 yards of offense. They held him to half of his production against Seattle. Mike Thomas had 95 yards most of it was pretty quiet by NFL standards like I said that last week he's like if he has 90 yards but you keep Kamara in check and they're not going crazy then you did your job I I don't know really what you could criticize them for can you talk to me a little bit about Demarcus uh, Lawrence and and how much he was out of the game last night I know we were watching quite a bit in just different situation where Weird. he wasn't out there and it was in moments where you would think hey this is your best player at least from a standpoint how much money you paid him why is he not on the field? Uh, what what do we know about that? You know, I I asked Jason after the game, and he didn't really give me a, a good answer at all. He looked kind of pissed about it, actually, because I asked him. He he wasn't playing in the fourth quarter on a key drive, the biggest drive of the game, and he wasn't playing. And then he kind of got in there late, and then he got hurt. So I said, was he playing? Was he hurt throughout the game? Was he rotating? He's like, he's going to be fine. 
Okay. Well, that he didn't answer the question at all, and it, it needs to be asked again. I mean, you know, like you said, and, and you were like, well, maybe he's not one of their best players. And I'm like, no. I mean, well, I mean that was tongue in cheek. No, no, no. You, no, you're like, <laughs> right. your best player's got to play. Well, yeah. maybe they don't feel like he is. Uh. And I'm like, obviously they do. But, but it wasn't just him. There were other guys, too, on the defensive yeah, line. Yeah, but nobody was missing the, the amount that he was. I mean, yeah. Jalen, they, they're, they've made it clear in these last couple games that Jalen, they'll sit him down for a series or two. I mean, it's almost like the running backs. So he'll have a series where he's out of the game and they'll have somebody else in there or there'll be times and they'll just put somebody else in. I don't know if they're trying to keep him fresh or what, but they, they're doing that with Jalen. But last night it was they're it was doing remarkable. it with Demarcus apparently. But that's what I'm saying. It was it was even more than that with Demarcus last night. It seemed like he more than anybody else was out of the game in situations where you would think yeah. your best player should be it's, in the game. It's five minutes to go. You're you're down twelve to ten. <laughs> your field position game. You, you need a, a field goal, and you know they paid him twenty one million dollars a year to go and make for moments like that. And so either either just say he's hurt, he's banged up, or or what. I mean, but. There don't a, don't play Joe Jackson over him, and then just try to say, "Well, we're rotating." That's that's false. You don't do that because you don't need a twenty-one million dollar guy to do that. Because if that's the case, then also say, "Well, at that point in the game, we should put Pollard in." They don't do that, do they? Zeke's out there, and Zeke's gonna be out there. There if was it, a this is your guy. Get him out there. There was yeah, a pretty clear sense. pattern at like it was like Kerry Hyder was the first and second down end, and Demarcus would come in on third, and I'm like. I know Rod likes to rotate his guys, but this is crazy. Like, unless I mean, unless he's hurt, it's weird. I, I don't know what else to say. And I still I take issue with the people that say he's not playing well when he is out there because I again I think they're uh, that's hidden stats. Like you could see him occupying double teams, blowing up the left side of the or the right side of the Saints line. He did it a few times. And I would argue, if you don't think he's part of what's leading to Robert Quinn's success, I think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still. What was that? Like, if he's healthy, he needs to be out there more yeah. often. I, I, yeah, and I kept, I kept looking at the sideline to see if, like, if they took his helmet away or if he right. looked upset, and I didn't really notice anything out of the ordinary. And it's, it's just confusing. And for that matter, I, I think it's weird with Jalen too. Me too. I, I mean, not... it's, it's almost like they pay him, and then they're like, let's take care of him. Right. <laughs> let's let's protect them once you pay them. And I'm like, that's the point when you let's go. Like that's they're paid. Guys there. Let's let's get them out there. Demarcus, Jalen, and this Zeke. is this 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 always creates weird situations. Like this happens. There's way. There's always more to the story than we know. Right. Like there's so many interesting things that go on that never make it to the public. Not even to like insiders like us. But. They keep those things a secret, and it leads to all this speculation. And it's like, well, what's wrong with Demarcus? Does he suck now? Like, is he hurt? Is he dying? Like, what's going on? And like, Jeez, the, the, I know that. I'm exaggerating for to prove the point, <laughs> but like, it creates this firestorm. Yeah. And maybe you'd be better served by just telling the truth. Like, you know, it's kind of like Todd Gurley. Nobody still knows why he wasn't right. playing into that last year, but they just basically. Well, didn't have him out there, and I feel like it's kind of a similar thing going on with Tank. Maybe right now. you'd be better served by saying this is why we're doing it, and and we think it's a good idea because of this, and we'll go from here. And and instead they don't, and there's this firestorm about like what's wrong with Jalen or what's wrong with Demarcus, and I I don't have a great answer for you. But everything we know about Demarcus and how fiery he is and how much he seems to love to play the game, it suggests to me that there's a reason why he's not out there. Mm-hmm. Like he is not the kind of guy that has traditionally in his career been a guy that's out of place. Like toward the end of Demarcus uh, Demarcus uh, Ware's career here, 
he was out of game significant amount of time. Like he he would be on the sideline during plays that were pivotal plays in the game. That has not been what Tank has been to this point. And so it makes me think that something has changed. Whether it's it's either that the team has decided they want to you know kind of rotate him more, or there's something going on with him. Which, and, well, and we have to figure out shoot. which one. I mean. Maybe this goes back to the part that he didn't have a, a preseason, and again, you know, and coming off surgery, right. right? And you know, not to make excuses for the guy, but like you know, maybe they're trying to work these other guys in who have had more of an off season in better condition, and blah 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 blah. But again, none of them are as good as him. No, of course not. But we're we're just spitballing here, right. and again, it cre- it, out it creates yeah. all these crazy side stories, and it it's definitely weird. I mean, there's no way his snap count. I mean, he usually plays up near 70%, and I just I don't buy that his snap count was anywhere near that last yeah, night. in a game you needed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You really needed him. All right, uh, just real quick before we end the show, I did want to – we talked a little bit about Tyron Smith, but give me a rundown on the injuries. Tyron, uh, Xavier Woods, Kayvon Frazier, do we know anything at this point about those three guys who all left the game at some point for due to injuries? Uh, not really. Not anything concrete. It's – a significant ankle sprain situation for Tyron, okay. which again, I mean, he's like. Did the, they say the dreaded high? Ankle? Jerry, Jerry Jones said it's high ankle. Uh, he didn't say sprain, like you know, just high ankle. Yeah, high ankle. So, I mean, Tyron's like the toughest dude I know. So, no I know you you never want to put a definitive timetable on that, but but he was it, moving pretty it bad. It doesn't last seem yeah. like something that he's going to be able to play with on Sunday. Michael Gallup is on the cords, uh which means, you know, Good. it's getting close to coming back. I still don't think he'll play this week, but I we haven't I've been told that at all. I just feel like probably it's, not. Antoine Woods uh I don't know about that one. I don't know if he if he's ready to come back. I know they need him for sure. And then for Kayvon Frazier, pectoral injury out so significant. I mean, just quickly ruled out in the game. I think that usually is a significant injury for. Yeah. I mean, maybe even IR. I hate to throw that out there, but it could be. We'll see. Yeah. It's, most teams do their Monday wrap up press conferences earlier in the day, whereas we're later. So four, five p.m. You cool with that though? You like the night press conference? I, I love. I love the night press conference, especially coming after a night road game. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just sit around and wait. Sit around it's and okay. wait. All right, guys. We appreciate you joining us. We are back tomorrow. We'll be at our normal time tomorrow at 11.45. Till then for Nick Eatman, Dave Helm, and Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?